Hello, beautiful mamas. Today we're going to learn about the purpose of fear and how it works, especially around the uncertainty, the unknown, and when it feels like we've lost control. We're going to really get to know our fear, how it responds to our knee-jerk reactions, and what it needs from us so that we can work to create a relationship that is supportive. I believe that the more knowledge we have around anything, but obviously today specifically fear, the more we understand it. And when we understand something or someone, we can act out of compassion and with intention. Both parties benefit and more good comes from this cohesive relationship. So today I will uncover four characteristics of our fear, the good and the bad, and then ask you to really get to know your own fear and what it's asking of you. But before we head into the episode, as always, I'd really like to read a review. Today's review is from Casey L. And she says, my husband and I are hoping to add a baby to our family. So I started this podcast, hoping it might bring some insight to me as a prospective first-time parent. I began it with the intention to slowly work my way through in the coming months, but just can't get enough. It is so wonderfully done. Sarah has such a way to relating and connecting to both the listener and those she interviews. The questions she asks are so good too. She's so genuine and in tune with what moms and moms-to-be really want to explore and connect about. So excited to keep listening and learning. Oh gosh, these words just mean so much, guys. Um, Look, I'm actually running out of reviews to read on the podcast. So would you help a girl out and would you just tell me how you're feeling and if you're loving it? It takes just a few seconds. So if you haven't left a review, will you please just pause right now and go ahead and go do that? All right. Now let's get into part two of the fear workshop. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone and that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the bark. <laughs> it's mama time. Hey mamas, welcome back to the fear workshop. We're heading into part two. I hope that the homework I hope you took some time to really sit in all that, and I hope that you have explored this new vision of fear for yourself. I hope it clicked, and I hope that you can apply that as I continue speaking and learning about fear's purpose, and then breaking down what I've learned and essentially what we got to change moving forward. And yeah, all right, so let's just get into it right away. So let's learn about fear itself. The reason why fear mustn't sit in the driver's seat or even co-pilot is because if we let it, we might remain halted and frozen, unable to make any kind of movement forward. Fear sits in the back because it has a really tough time seeing the difference between immediate danger or simply a cause for caution, a car driving the wrong way on the highway or, or maybe a simple detour. 
If we let fear drive, we find ourselves halted in the middle of the road, too scared to even take action and move forward. Fear's purpose is to signal us when there's a potential for harm. So it's crucial for our well-being, of course. We live in a really scary world, so we can't just ignore our fear. But rather, we listen to it and allow the emotion of that fear to be heard and move through us and then decipher if the eminent danger proclaimed by our fear is something that we can really is something that can really truly harm us or if it's just a heightened reaction with no real cause for concern. In other words, separate the truth from the superficial, the consideration from the exaggeration. This is the work <laughs> that I've been doing, taking a step back, laying out my fears, breaking them down to their roots, hearing out what each outcome would mean for myself and my family, and then deciphering the amount of energy appropriate for my fears based on their level of truth. Much of my fears around this conception journey, while scary and valid, they don't really threaten my life or my joy. I have a undeniably beautiful life with much to be grateful for. And when I look to my truth, I see that You know, another child of our own isn't required for me to choose joy amongst my current blessings. If we're faced with a medical complication, I've come to know that my truth is faith and not fear. Lastly, you know, no time spent with my fear worrying about an outcome that is ultimately out of my hands has ever benefited me. It's just caused me stress and harm and lost time. My truth is is that surrendering control frees up the energy required to choose joy above all of it. So now I want to share with you what I've learned about fear, essentially how fear works and how we work with it. These four characteristics of fear are also what I'm choosing to remind myself of when I realize that fear is taking hold. One, it robs us of our joy. Two, it's based on future outcomes that are either out of our control or superficial. Three, It doesn't go away if ignored. It seeks acknowledgement. Four, it can be expected. So let's talk about this a bit more in detail. And we'll start off with the fact that fear robs us of our joy. I was listening to Jay Shetty. (laughs) Again, I feel like you guys are going to hear that often in our podcast because I love him. And he gave a really great example of how our focus on the negative, our fears of the future can dampen our current experience and diminish our joy. He explained that if we're on vacation, we're staying at a beautiful, luxurious Airbnb filled with all these things that we don't normally have access to or privilege of experience regularly. So maybe it's um, a chef's kitchen. I think he he mentioned a hot tub, a really incredible pool. You know, if from the day we arrive at this beautiful Airbnb, this beautiful vacation, we are only thinking about how we're going to have to leave in a few days. Our experience is focused on the negative and it takes away the enjoyment, the joy. But if we acknowledge that, yes, this is temporary, but pull focus away from that, from the final outcome, the end of the vacation, and instead soak it up to its fullest and choose to be grateful for the experience, to choose to be happy with where we are now, you will maximize your joy. Now, let's reel it back in and think of this in the scenarios of our journey in motherhood and and around this fear around uncertainty and the unknown. So when we're dealing with fear around uncertainty, that means that there is this lag time and fear gets super real in this lag time. 
It's the time between the event that propels it all and the time when we discover its outcome or the effect. So if you're trying to conceive, it's that time between ovulation and the start of your expected period. If you're hoping to adopt a baby, it's that time between the home visits and waiting for the call that you've been matched, right? If you're stressing over your baby's development, it's that time between when Google says or your girlfriend's kid walks and when your baby takes his first steps. It's in this time that our fears come alive and morph into greater fears. We find ourselves, you know, praying for days to pass quickly and we're so focused on this end destination that we miss out and we lose out on time and we lose out on joy. I see joy as a choice choice to be made, to let go, to trust, to compromise, to sacrifice. In the choice between fear or joy, we are choosing to let go of our fears, surrender this reliance on happiness for an outcome so that we may experience joy. You guys, life is forever changing and circumstances of our joy will, I don't know, change almost on the daily. This lag time we speak, This lag time that we spoke of can either be spent in fear, focused on the what-ifs, the sad, the doubt, the fear of the disappointment of the negative outcome, the elements that are out of our control, that of the future that has not happened, or, or on the now, the blessings, the beautiful distractions of life, the moments that we've curated that allow us to experience fulfillment and wholeness and love. Ultimately, we must detach our joy from the outcome. Recognize that we can find joy, we can choose joy with what we have here and now, and that it's not dependent on reaching our destination. Detaching from the then and attaching yourself to the now. Two, our fear is based on future outcomes that are either out of our control or superficial. And by this, I mean that we're afraid of what could or may not happen. It's not that there is never any validity to our fears. You know, there's, there's some fears that drive us to make positive changes that can impact the future that we're afraid could come. But much of what we fear is out of our hands. This fear leads us to create assumptions or guesses that eventually become belief. To this day, we've not come up with a time machine or a reliable crystal ball that can grant us the truth of our future. So we stress and we obsess and we live in fear of something that may or may not happen. We want to be in control of everything in our lives, but the truth is that we aren't. I've also found that most of my fears have been so built up that they take on a superficial reality. But when I strip them down and ask more clarifying questions to get to the root of my fear, I found that it was potentially an unlikely outcome, one that wouldn't truly rob me of my joy or alter my life in a way that I couldn't overcome or that I was fearing something else entirely. If we allow it, our fears will morph into nightmares, imaginary, fictional, elaborate nightmares. Honestly, it's the curse of motherhood. (laughs) We will forever imagine the worst circumstances and the longer that we ponder on them, the more believable they become. Much of our fear is born from a story that we've made to be true. Three, fear doesn't go away if ignored. Think back to this vision, this face, this new face that you've put on fear. Crazy Sally Sue, negative Nancy, right? Nervous Nancy. (laughs) It wants to be acknowledged. It wants to be heard. It wants consideration. Hopefully by now we can agree that the part 
fear plays in our being, ourself, it is crucial. Fear has a voice because its job is to look out for us. We have to hear it. It can't help that it's unreasonable at times. To fear, danger is danger, whether it be physical or mental, big or small. Fear relies on us, though, to chill it out, to offer comfort and peace, to do those breathing exercises. You, your truth, fear, and joy all work together to reach this place of faith and calm. If we ignore our fear, it becomes more panicked and thinks up even more reasons to be afraid. But if we sit down with our fear, give it the time and attention it needs, it will take some of that weight off. Fear knows that we can take the wheel after this and we can reroute as needed. It's just having that one-on-one conversation to let it know that everything's okay and that we have it, we hear it, and that we'll handle it. Four, fear can be expected. It kind of goes back to Jay Shetty's example that I gave earlier, that we can expect that the vacation will end. You know, we know that the end of that vacation We're going to feel a little bit bummed that we have to go home, right? How luxurious was that? But this feeling can be anticipated, right? Because we felt it before. So if we expect that we'll feel this way, not only will we cherish that blissful time even more, but we will recognize it for what it is. It's just an end to a great vacation. It's not an end to your joy. I hope this scenario doesn't mess up your thinking. So let's bring it back again to our topic at hand. The type of fear we are working through is the fear around uncertainty, lack of control, right? The unknown, unlike that vacation that we know is going to (laughs) end. While I can't always predict the changes that are life, I can predict that when life puts me in a space that requires faith, fear and anxiety are likely to chime in. The more we practice self-awareness, the more patterns and triggers we will notice exposing our knee-jerk reactions to fear. Understanding our fears and expecting them to arise allows us to prepare. We're able to recognize and discern and then take appropriate action as needed. It doesn't mean that our fears are ever just going to go away. It just means that we're going to spend less time sitting in them. We can remember that we've been in this place before and that we've made it through more intense moments of this particular fear. That while our fear is looking out for us, We don't need the message on repeat. (laughs) We will take the appropriate action based on what we know is our truth. And the more you get to know your truth and you live it, the more joy you experience. Okay, so now that we have a face to our fear, we understand how it operates. We know its weaknesses. We know what it needs from us. That it's not meant to sabotage, but to dig deep. To become more acquainted with ourselves and our truth. And this is what I want you to ponder on and take with you for homework. Your mission is to one, break down your fear, understand its origin, discern what it's asking of you, and then two, get to know it. Decide if it warrants positive actions or if it requires your surrender and your faith. So I want you to start by breaking down your fear. You're going to create something that looks a little bit like a flow chart, most likely. You're going to write down this big fear that we had identified in part one of the workshop, and you're going to strip it down. You're going to ask yourself these questions that further dissect your fear and underlying fears and essentially the the fear origins. So I want you to ask yourself, what am I actually afraid of? Where do I recognize this fear from before? 
What is the outcome I fear will impact my life? So I asked these questions of myself, and this is what I came up with. I'm going to read you my flow chart <laughs> and so that you have an example and understanding of what I'm searching for here. So my big fear is that I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to have another child of my own. And the underlying fear, so that's the big fear, and then it fingerlings out to these underlying fears that I wrote out, that Miles was the exception, that there is something medically wrong that we're missing, or that there's something wrong with me my body, that Miles won't get to be a big brother, that Cameron will be disappointed, that he might feel resentful down the road, that, that we weren't, I wasn't able to bring him another child, that I won't be able to experience a natural vaginal birth and and labor, that I won't experience pregnancy again, that we will never know why. I'm afraid of more miscarriages going through it all over and over again. I'm afraid of the end of the road in fertility. And I sat with those last two fears, and this is kind of where I came to next, which was this big underlying fear. The big underlying fear is that I found that after multiple miscarriages, that the next part of this journey could be an infertility battle, that we'd be looking at in vitro and all these other things that, you know, boosting of tons of hormones. And I've heard these stories. I've talked to women who are, who've gone through this and I know how tough and how it can break you down and what that recovery is like for your body and your mind and tough on your heart. And I, my underlying fear is that I'm afraid that that's where we're going to end up. And I, it's going to come down to, you know, how bad I want another baby of our own blood you know, enough to go through all of this, to rack up thousands of dollars in medical bills, to potentially still come out, you know, without another child? Or do we look at other options like adoption? It really came down to to this huge fear and this something that I think I, I really know I don't want and having to make the choice and give up trying to have a baby of our own and falling to this this other option. And so I sat with this for a while, a couple of days, and then I spent some time asking these questions, right? So this is the part where we're going to get to know that fear, decide if those underlying fears, if they warrant positive reactions or actions, or if it requires us to simply surrender and have faith. And these questions are, is it imaginary, superficial, or cause for concern or immediate action? Is the outcome I fear something that I really believe in? Can I do anything to alter the outcome? Could I overcome this outcome? How does it affect my life and access to joy right now? And then what do I value most? So I want you to ask yourself those questions. I ask myself those. And so then I went down that flow chart. I went down those underlying fears and... This is where I came to. I realized that I've been through enough to prove that I can handle what comes. So if we end up with medical issues and dealing with something, I have faith and trust that God has it and that I have an immense amount of love and support behind me. 
I realized that if we really want another child, we can explore other options. And essentially, it comes down to us making a choice of, of what we want, and we have the ability to make that. There are options like adoption. I realize that more miscarriages are going to hurt for sure. We have to go through that. But I've made it through two already. And I know that I can do it again because I I know what I know now. <laughs> I think that equips me. And I know that, you know, this podcast has come from a lot of this struggle. I know that I know that I can do it. And I know that whatever comes down the road, I'll be able to utilize all the pain and the hurt and the the struggle and turn it into something beautiful, inspirational, and it'll only make me stronger. I realized that the idea that Cameron was going to be disappointed or resentful me was a imaginary, superficial thought that Cameron loves me and it was silly for me to even think something of the sort. That I can live without knowing. So if we don't know why we have miscarried and we end up at this road of having to decide whether we're going down this infertility battle or not, I can live without knowing and I can choose faith and joy and be patient for what's to come. And so I sat with this. I sat with all of those, all those answers to these fears and I realized that, you know, Miles and Cameron, this family that I have is really all I've ever wanted. As much as I want another baby of our own, you know, I've had the experience of growing a child. I've seen the creation of Cameron and I. I've, you know, Miles's pregnancy was incredible. And while I didn't get the birth that I really truly wanted and dreamed of, I did have a beautiful birth. And it's the one thing I've wanted in my entire life and I got it. So I can choose to be thankful for that and that that's enough and that I have an incredible opportunity to live out joy. And I believe that that's my truth. So I hope that I hope that my example and my experience of asking these questions and kind of the breakdown all of that and of course just taking the time to become self-aware I hope that that's helpful for you. I hope that it kind of frames up what I'm asking for. So I hope that you'll do the exercise, you'll ask yourself these questions and you'll take the time that you need to really listen to your heart and listen to your fears and listen to your truth. You know, let let these questions guide you and light your way to your truth. As I said in part one, this is going to take some time. So please take the time to get honest and aware. And that's hard to do sometimes as we become moms. You're going to have to make that time. So take it when you can and sit with it as long as it, as it takes. The moments that you're striving for in this are those aha moments, those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense, or you feel it in your heart. And those moments where you have that comfort in knowing that the most beautiful moments truly are in the now and that those don't have to wait. All right, ladies. Well, I uh, feel really good about everything that we just shared, and I'm hoping that it reaches you and that you feel it. And again, as I said last time, please feel free to reach out with me with any questions or thoughts that you have. You can send me a message in Facebook or Instagram or shoot me an email, or you can hop in our Facebook group and send me a message in there. I'm here for you. I want to be here for you. So please, I swear I'm offering it up. I'm not just saying it, not just blowing smoke. I want to hear from you. Okay, so this last episode coming up, part three, the very last piece of the puzzle to our fear workshop is going to go back through these four things that we've learned about fear. And then what do we do with the information we have, how we can apply it into practices and approaches. And essentially, we are going to have a conversation, and write ourselves a letter to fear. 
after everything we just learned and all these new revelations and aha moments. I hope you'll meet me there. Love y'all so much. Bye. Hey mamas, before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.